This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. Folks, if you're a fan of Cross Politic or the Flight Lab Feast Network, then surely you know we have a merch store, right? Rowdy Christian Merch is your one-stop shop for everything cross-politic merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, but we've also got specialty items like backpacks, mugs, coffee, even AirPod cases. Imagine that. Visit Rowdy Christian Merch at RowdyChristian.com and buy that next gift or a little something for yourself. Again, that's RowdyChristian.com, and we appreciate your support. Now to the news, an update on the situation in Turkey and Syria. Earthquake death toll passes 7,200 as Turkey experiences 285 aftershocks. The death toll from the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria have exceeded 7,200 with thousands more injured, infrastructure crumbling, and rescue groups struggling to bring aid to the victims. In Turkey, at least 5,434 people are confirmed dead. In Syria, state news agency SANA or SANA reported at least 1,832 deaths. Combined, at least 7,266 people have died in Turkey and Syria. In total, at least 3,749 people are estimated to have been injured in Syria. Turkey's injured are estimated to be over 30,000. The World Health Organization has warned that the death toll could rise to about 20,000 in the coming days. The first quake with an epicenter in Pazarkik district of Turkey's southern province had a magnitude of 7.8. A second quake of 7.6 magnitude hit the same region nine hours later, worsening the situation. Turkey experienced a total, once again, of 285 aftershocks. U.S. President Joe Biden noted that U.S. teams are deploying quickly to support Turkish search and rescue efforts and coordinate other assistance that may be required by people affected by the earthquakes, including health services or basic relief uh, basic relief items. A readout of Biden's conversation with Turkish with the Turkish president read on January 6th. The earthquakes have caused widespread devastation in Turkey. A video shared on Twitter shows innumerable buildings turned to rubble, with only a few tall buildings still standing. There's another video showing a building crashing down while people run for safety. In Turkey's southern region, where there's Home to some of the worst-hit cities, damaged roads and poor internet connections are hampering rescue attempts. In some places, freezing winter weather is also posing a challenge. Families were forced to sleep in cars lined up in the streets. Families wrapped themselves in blankets and gathered around fires to keep themselves warm. The Disaster and Emergency Management Presidency of Turkey, AFAD, is said to have deployed 13,740 rescue search and rescue personnel, as well as over 300,000 blankets, 100,000 beds, 41,000 tents to that region. According to Oregon Tatar, an official from AFAD, 5,700-plus buildings have been destroyed by the quake. Quote, the infrastructure is damaged. The roads that we used to use for humanitarian work are damaged. We still have to be creative in how we get to the people, but we are working hard. End quote. That was according to UN resident, a UN resident coordinator as he spoke to Reuters. The earthquake on Monday is Turkey's deadliest since a quake of similar magnitude hit the country in 1999 and killed over 17,000 people. Elsewhere, let's go to California. Massive human trafficking bust sees 368 arrested, 131 
rescued. 368 people have been arrested and 131 victims rescued in a large-scale human trafficking operation by a multi-agency task force in California. Los Angeles Police Department Chief Michael or Michelle Moore said, quote, We know that the sex trade is a prolific one that exists throughout this state and throughout our nation. It's an ugly scar against this great country that exists too often times in plain sight, he added. Operation Reclaim and Rebuild occurred between January 22nd and January 28th in nine counties, including Los Angeles, Orange, and San Bernardino. That's according to Cairo 7. Various federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies teamed up for the effort, including the LAPD, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, and the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. Victims of human trafficking included ages ranging from 13 to 52 including children. Investigators worked with victim advocacy groups to provide resources to help victims escape from this life-threatening environment, he said. Investigators responded to advertisements offering sexual services and visited massage parlors suspected of being involved in sex trafficking. Among those arrested, including pimps and panderers, Moore said. The victims, most of whom were kidnapped, faced threat of death or coercion and are isolated from their former support to become dependent on the trafficker. That was, again, according to Moore. Let's go north to Oregon. Death tourism. Oregon becomes national destination for assisted suicide. Individuals residing in states that outlaw euthanasia, such as Texas, have started traveling to Oregon to gain assistance in their suicide, making the state the first death tourism destination in the U.S. According to the Daily Mail, Dr. Nicholas Gideons, the director of End of Life Choices Oregon, recently admitted to assisting a man from Texas with Lou Gehrig's disease who came to the doctor's Portland clinic in achieving suicide and said that for a small number of patients who otherwise qualify or are determined to go through that and who have the energy and the resources it has started to happen, end quote. According to Oregon's official site, the state passed its Death with Dignity Act in 1997, which allows terminally ill individuals to end their lives through the voluntary self-administration of lethal medications expressly prescribed by a physician for that purpose. The law enabled terminally ill patients expected to die within six months to request fatal drugs from doctors that the patient then takes and self-administers. In 2021, 238 people committed suicide via the program and 383 doses of fatal drugs were prescribed by doctors. There was originally a restriction for people out of state, but in 2021, Dr. Gideon sued Oregon to lift the restriction, which was granted in 2022. Currently, if a resident from another state wants to go to Oregon for the fatal drugs, they are placed on a 15-day waiting period. In that time, paperwork is processed, and two doctors, along with witnesses, must sign off on the request for suicide by prescription. The expansion of death with dignity to out-of-staters is not yet law in Oregon, but is expected to be codified this year with House Bill 2279. The law resembles Canada's state-sponsored euthanasia program as medical assistance in dying, or MAID, originally intended for those with physical illnesses where death was a reasonable inevitability, although it has been amended to allow those with mental health issues to apply. Dr. Gideon's original lawsuit was over neighboring residents of Washington who wanted suicide drugs and was expanded to residents from further states, including those with strict laws against euthanasia. The executive director of the Patients' Rights Action Fund, a group pushing back against Oregon's law, Matt Valeri, said, you end up 
up with this in the Wild West scenario where people take the drugs back to their home states and there are a lot more questions than there are answers about what could happen after that. End quote. Dr. Gideons, who has campaigned for legalizing psilocybin to treat depression, has connections with the Compassion and Choices group, which grew out of the 1980s Right to Die movement of the, Herm- of the Hemlock Society and Jack Kervokian, a pathologist and notorious doctor death who assisted scores of suicide and was ultimately convicted of murder, reports the Daily Mail. Tucker Carlson and Charles Camacy spoke on this very subject. In addition to preventing life before it begins, there's now a very aggressive effort underway to stop life before it goes on too long and becomes way too expensive. You may have noticed recently the media increasingly pushing the practice of suicide. A number of newspapers, unfortunately including the New York Post, have devoted articles recently to a former Studio 54 owner who's flying to Switzerland to kill himself this week. And that's considered the new frontier in liberation. Suicide. And again, much cheaper. The Independent interviewed people praising a 20-year-old Canadian man for his bravery after he sought out, quote, medically assisted dying. Suicide because he has intestinal complaints. Should we resist this or should we pretend that this is human liberation at work? Charles Camacy is the author of the book Losing Our Dignity. We're happy to be joined by him tonight. Charles, thanks so much uh, for coming on. So I think we spoke just a few weeks ago and you predicted, as you have before, that suicide will be the next liberation front the media starts pushing because, of course, big companies want it. And now it seems to be here. Tucker, I was going to start by offering some statistics and political analysis, but I just have to say after your monologue and your introduction here, I am so emotionally wiped out and angry and sad all at once. I don't quite know what to say, but let's just pause here and say, how did we get here? Part of of how we got here, (laughs) part of how we got here is because those who have power have these views. Those who who have privilege have these views. Those who do not have power, those who do not have privilege, do not have these views. They reject these views. When it comes to abortion, when it comes to assisted suicide, the working class, the poor, they utterly reject these views. And how dare the working, the uh, privileged classes, how dare the privileged classes say they're for the marginalized, they want to listen to the missing voices when they're pushing this violence of assisted suicide and abortion on those who don't want it. What a disgrace. Well, I'm, I'm standing in the middle of what by American standards is a poor country, Brazil, and poor people have huge families and no one's forcing them to. And it seems like that's true around the world. People who don't have much know the one thing they have is the thing that matters most, which is children. So how can our leaders pretend to speak for them when they want the opposite of what our leaders are pushing? My previous book was entitled Resisting Throwaway Culture. You may remember that book, there's a throwaway culture here that the privileged classes, the classes that you just talked about, benefit from. But who gets thrown away? Who gets discarded? Who does not get hurt? It's precisely the, the, the folks that you and your show really care about. And we do. Charles Kempsey, I appreciate your coming on. As always, I know we'll see you again. Thank you. Thank you, Tucker.
Classical Conversations supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. They provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum, local like-minded communities across the United States, and in several countries, they train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit their website at classicalconversations.com. Again, that's classicalconversations.com. Now, this study could be the scientific nail in the coffin for masks. Now, I know a lot of you already know this, but I digress. One of the largest and most comprehensive studies on the effectiveness of masks found they do almost nothing to reduce the spread of respiratory viruses. I feel like we knew this all along. The study reviewed 78 randomized controlled trials, experiments that have long been considered the gold standard for medicine, which assess the effectiveness of face masks against flu, COVID-19, and similar illnesses. It found that wearing masks probably makes little to no difference for the general public, no matter what kind of masks is used. Even N95, or considered the most effective at filtering airborne particles, showed no clear benefit for healthcare workers. The study was published on January 30th by the Cochrane Library, a world-renowned medical database that is famous for its high-quality evidence reviews. It comes as a battering ram to the recommendations of the U.S. public health establishment, which urged children as young as two to wear masks throughout the pandemic. And rather than continue on with this stuff, I know you guys have known this for a long time, so just rest assured that this is linked in my show notes, and you can do that reading for yourself. So, there we go. The case is closed, in theory. Now, finally, let's end on a little bit more of a lighthearted story. Pro-life Spider-Man taken into custody after scaling a former Chase Tower in Phoenix, the site of the Super Bowl this year. A protester scaling Chase Tower right in the heart of downtown Phoenix during Super Bowl week. Law enforcement waiting for him at the top to take him into custody, but still, uh, no ropes, no harnesses, no safety gear. Marissa Sarbak watched the whole thing live, and she joins us now with more on this. Marissa. It was really, honestly, anxiety-inducing, I think, for the entire crowd to watch this happen without any ropes or any safety gear. Very stressful just to see it from the ground. I can only imagine what it was like from up there. We saw this man climbing 40 stories on that chase tower that is now empty. Now, he was going up in between the building. And take a look at this footage because it was really, really crazy to see. He started climbing before 10 o'clock in the morning and finished just before 11. He has been identified as 22-year-old Mason Deschamps. He was streaming that incident on his cell phone while he was climbing, and he says he was doing it to raise awareness and money for an anti-abortion charity. He calls himself Pro-Life Spider-Man. Now, as you can see, he did prepare for this. He had climbing shoes, chalk on his hands. He was taking breaks on each section of the building to actually take photo and video before he finally made it to the top where law enforcement was waiting for him. Central Ave between Monroe and Adams was shut down while this was going on, and the crowd continued to grow all morning. People watching and streaming his climb from downtown phoenix and that's your news for today this has been your cross politic daily news brief if you like the show go ahead and hit that share button for me down below if you want to sign up for a club membership a trip to the ark encounter or a magazine subscription you can do all of that at fightlaughfeast.com and as always if you want to send me a news story if you want to ask about our conference this year at the ark encounter or if you want to sign up to be a corporate partner of CrossPolitik, email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day, and Lord bless.